0: Here we go again. It's time for Meraki Unboxed. Uh, This is the podcast from Cisco Meraki, where we talk about uh, what we do here for a living and uh, the technology that we bring to the outside world. And on this podcast, we talk about both the, the tech itself So we're a cloud-managed networking company providing what we think is a very simple approach to IT communications and infrastructure. Uh, But we also talk about what it's like to actually work here and the various different departments that we have here at Cisco Meraki. So we put this podcast out approximately once every uh, two weeks. And uh, we really want to make sure that we're encompassing as much of your feedback as we can to make sure this content is as relevant and fun for you, engaging for you as we can. So I definitely encourage you to reach out uh, and let me know what you would love us to be talking about. And you can do that directly to me on Twitter, at Meraki Simon is my handle, at Meraki Simon. Alternatively, we have a community, an online community. It's very... Uh, Very popular, actually. I was pretty shocked to see just how many uh, regular people we have on that community now. It's measured in the thousands, so that's really super exciting. And that's a great place as well to come and talk about what you hear here and also to think about what you might want to hear about next because we really want that feedback. Okay, so without further ado, let's get into today's session. And today we're talking about something that here at Meraki we call the Digital Workplace and so, we, you know, we like to think about uh, fun and different names for things here. Why call it IT? Why call it facilities? Let's call it digital workplace and really think about, you know, a more interesting approach, a more holistic approach. And that's what I wanted to discuss today. And so joining me today, uh, we have Irene and Topher, uh, who have taken some time out of their day, uh, very busy, both of them. So I'm super grateful for the time they're able to spend with us. And uh, let's get into, into the discussion. So, Irene, let's start with you. Tell us uh, what you do for Meraki.
1: Hi. So I am a Digital Workplace Operations Manager. So I joined Meraki two years ago um, on the IT side before we merged with facilities as Digital Workplace. Um, just kind of did some operations um, administrating and um, really just helping our IT team um, kind of streamline some of our processes, um, like and new hire onboarding, procurement, financing, everything. Um, when we merged as, a, as a digital workplace, just kind of expanding that to the facility side as well, so supporting both sides of the team, and also just helping both our teams um, work well together and just kind of achieve our goals as a as a department.
0: It's awesome. And actually, that's a good point. We're going to come back to pretty soon is the fact that we were we did have these two separate organizations, and we've kind of brought them together. Um, Topher, tell us a little bit about you. What do you do from Rocky? So I,
2: I'm on the IT engineering team. I'm a systems administrator on this team, and I help build out some of the uh, backend services that uh, get keep everybody connected to various, uh, um, you know, services or, or, or features, or you know, whether it's the network, whether it's an online service, um, whether it's supporting some team or, or an individual. Uh, there's a number of different. Um, Sort of applications that we keep um, hosted and de- and deployed, and um, me and and the team that I'm on, uh, we uh, uh, do our best to kind of keep these up and running and mm-hmm. and sort of answer to the needs of, of various teams as as new demands come uh, uh, come up. Which never stop, right? They never stop. Yeah, they're constantly changing. There's constantly for every service that's out there, there's a, n- a better alternative that we might be investigating or um, making some optimization to or otherwise.
0: I'm actually very happy that we have folks here representing the technology side of our business. We're speaking to you in our webinar room and... uh you may notice, you may hear in the background a little bit of chair shuffling noises. We only have two mics in here, guys, mm. and uh, and it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, we, we 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 I think we need to get three. We need to be able to have that conversation. So we're literally just moving chairs around as we do this, making the best of what we have available to us. Uh, but I think I need to get a ticket in for that Put for it sure. The bus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's let's dive into a little bit of detail. Um, Irene, tell us a little bit about um, digital workplace. What is this concept? What are we? What are we trying to do differently? How are we trying to think about service differently at Meraki?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So digital workplace um, at the baseline is just IT and facilities. We merged as a as one department about maybe a little over two years ago. Um, basically, Meraki. One of our Meraki values is really to simplify everything, and we really try to encompass that as a department to mm. try and simplify our experience internally. Um, you know, our customers are the Meraki employees, and so. Um, how we do this internally is really, um, like Simon mentioned, just in our service model and how we're simplifying our internal processes, how we make um, getting requests easy for our employees and how we route and and filter those requests in the most efficient way to either IT or facilities um, side of the house. So um, so it's really just, um, you know, we're, we're coming from really like a customer service perspective and how we can best enable our employees and. Um, and simplify things for them, how we can best support our employees. And that's really at the core of everything that we do.
0: Mm. And, and I, I mean, we've all had this experience. I'm sure everybody who's listening uh, has had that experience of raising a ticket with IT <laughs> or uh, something to do with their facilities experience. Um, uh, you know, And of course, that happens here as well. Topher, tell us a little bit about the the way that we as employees interact with digital workplace how do i how do i raise a ticket here
2: so we we have several options our primary ticket queue is uh, a very commonly used one it's Zendesk uh that we um people can go in and submit a ticket directly in a portal alternatively we have just you know email submission of sorts that we can um that we can have people you know, send an email directly to our, our help me
0: queue so what's um, that? Remind me of the email address. Though. It's uh, helpmeatmeraki.net. Actually, why are we doing that publicly? We don't want everybody to send that. <laughs> do we actually filter the outside world, or do you get all the tickets from the rest of the world? We filter. We, we, filter. Yeah, we filter. Okay, yes. so good luck, everybody. You can send tickets, <laughs> as many as you like. Um, uh, but we've we've covered n- our bases on that. <laughs> internal IT Internal ITO, or internal Meraki. This owned, is how we know they're doing their job properly. Sorry, I completely interrupted <laughs> your flow. That's okay.
2: Yeah, so we have these queues, uh, uh, and these go into our... Um, our back end our backend queue that mm-hmm. we then sort of triage and send those uh to the various teams that need them on the back end of digital workplace we do have it sort of split into three basic uh categories: a facilities uh, group, a uh, sort of front facing i t group, and then an uh, the i t engineering group. And then mm-hmm. depending on the type of ticket, who it's coming from, is it coming from an end user who needs a password reset, or is it coming from an engineering team that needs a new service hosted, or somebody who's having a problem with an you know, entire section of the network that's down, or maybe a whole desk area that needs to be shuffled around some, some way. And so right. all of these tickets come in, we all handle them.
0: It's very broad, very broad. Yeah. Um, and one of the interesting aspects as well is that we, of course, we make the gear... And so it's been a while since I've ventured into one of our comms rooms. I mean, it's something I did way back at the beginning of my career as an IT engineer myself, Um, you know, patching cables and running them under the floors and all of those many different aspects that people take completely for granted. Um, but, But tell us a little bit about the Meraki technology that we actually make ourselves, design and build ourselves, that we have implemented directly in our own offices
2: yeah so we make use of our entire product line um, and part of that is because the the flexibility of the equipment and the deployability of it makes it almost purpose built to exactly our our entire infrastructure mm-hmm. um, and our sort of our the model that we have for how we shuffle teams around how we expand and as a sort of starting out a small to mid-sized business and growing larger and interfacing with larger uh, parent co- uh, companies um, and also alternative companies that, that we might be using. So we when we expand, we might um, uh, build out a, a custom office. We might build out an office within our parent Cisco company, or we might build out into other places where there's existing infrastructure already. And having the equipment that we build, our MX, our MR, uh, or MS switches that all work together very well to sort of build mm-hmm. out this holistic and flexible network stack centrally managed in this dashboard uh, that we can have one or two people just submit policies, build out an entire set of, of, of sort of connectivity um, that we can then deploy with only a few people on the ground. Um, It's allowed us to be very flexible, not only with building something out, but changing it. Instead of having a whole architecture uh, needing to be built and understood and sort of set in stone before we deploy something, we can decide, well, we might want 100 people over in this area of the building, and then at the last minute, change that around and say, no, we want them on the other side of the building, and we can quickly redeploy our equipment there and make that connectivity happen. Some of the only limit t- limiting factors are if you need physical cabling put into a building or something For to sure. that effect. Yep. But as long as that equipment is – or that physical infrastructure is already there, um, then the redeployment of switches, expanding the capacity uh, to meet the needs is something that we can uh, do with our equipment pretty well. And so we've, we've, we've to some degree mastered it pretty, pretty well in mm-hmm. being able to – to use it to its full advantage.
0: And that's, and and Irene, this is like, it's not just within this building. I mean, we're speaking to you from our headquarters in San Francisco. It's obviously the main Meraki site. Uh, A lot of employees working here. It's like a thousand, uh, something like that.
1: Yeah, I think about a a thousand employees in SF.
0: Wow. So um, it's also, I mean, the other aspect that was interesting about this is the connectivity that we have between the different locations. And uh, and there's a lot to talk about there as far as both IT and facilities as well and how we approach that. Um, Maybe if we start with the tech side of things, like what do we do when we're scouting out and we're we're building out a new office? What are the the steps that we look at from a a technology perspective?
1: Yeah, well, maybe Tover can talk a little more in the specifics. But when we do, you know, in the last couple of years, we've actually had to build out a lot of branch offices very quickly Mm -hmm. just based on the needs of our um, of our companies we built out Chicago a couple times I think in the last couple of years and we built out in um, in Asia as well and um, and kind of like Topher was saying just based on how we've kind of mastered using our own gear and how we've deployed that it's made it really simple for us to do this very quickly and mm-hmm. to do it with very little personnel on on hand as well so whenever we're building out an office we usually send out maybe like one person from our it team one person from our facilities team and they're able to really just ramp up an office space in the matter of a week or two and to to get people on on site
2: i think
0: (laughs) it's really noticeable that you say that so casually a week or two (laughs) like and i am aware that that some of these facilities have had to be spun up really quickly and and i know that at one time we had a problem in the london office where we had to Move everybody at really short notice. Um, were either of you involved in that one?
1: We weren't, but I definitely heard about this. I th- there was like a beam that fell in the London office, and they had to move everybody out um, immediately. One of our IT staff members was rolling out switches on a cart, um, just you know, moving it to our temporary space and ramping everything's things up. in I don't know, maybe in a day or two. I think just yep, it
2: yeah. I <laughs> can't remember the exact uh, time frame, but it was really fast. A couple of days, we were up and running. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's what I recall. And, and, and every time, because of the ease of the system you're, you're working with, I mean, of course, we always have to tout this, the Meraki dashboard, uh, making it super easy because you've already got basically your template there and you, all you're doing is spinning it up and applying it to different pieces of hardware.
2: Yeah, that's exactly one of the, the benefits that we use a, a lot is once you have one deployment of a um, of, of an office space, mm-hmm. you can take that entire network and just copy it. Right. And so all you need right. is the physical hardware and that can even be just almost drop shipped from, you know, our orders uh uh mm-hmm. team. We just need, you know, three switches, a few APs or what have you, and we can just order those, send them out there on while they're on on the plane getting out there and getting delivered, we can copy that network, uh add the serial numbers, configure it all exactly as we expect it to, and then somebody of course just needs to unbox it, plug it in and Make sure that it's all the lights come on as we all expect, and then everything should as long as it has an uh, internet connection, it should try to auto discover our dashboard um, back end, pull all of its configurations, and be able to establish that network and It takes very little time for that to happen once it's all up and running
0: mm. and what about the the actual because, of course, one of the aspects of any networking vendor, Meraki, of course, no exception, is that there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can design a network, and that you can implement your company policies, both you know, personal and technical policies. Um, what are some of the Meraki features that uh, that you guys particularly like, and that you have that we implement here ourselves? So some of the features, at least from a technological standpoint,
2: is it, it revolves largely these days around security. That's a major right. factor for anybody, especially as you deploy a quick network up in a random place. Um, if you have a, a parent company or a site of sorts and you don't trust exactly what that infrastructure is, um, RMX devices create a, a Uh, tunneled auto VPN, a a, a very secure tunnel between themselves. So Mm -hmm. provided there's a network connection, um, this traffic going across that connection between your sites and what expands your corporate network to that site is going to be very secure. And then on top of that, the way we establish sort of security to the switches, we incorporate a lot of standards um, that are – well-defined, um, you know, we, we incorporate, like, radius authentication. We in- interface, at least what we do on our end, because we've got access to a lot of uh, of Cisco's technologies. Mm-hmm. We incorporate Cisco's uh, ICE engine as part of the way – and we incorporate a lot of policies in there to um, – specify who gets access to the network based off of credentials. And on a given credential, are you a part of an engineering team? Do you get put onto all of their resources and get access to their resources? Or are you on another team? Or are you nobody we know, but we want to give you just direct internet access? We can do any of these types of policies very quickly from our uh, switches. And as well as if you don't have that infrastructure, and we for a while were running without it, um, you can just – very manually, very specifically set up generic policies um, for your uh, um, for your switching environment mm-hmm. or for e- your entire environment, and be able to um, you know give access to anything from an SSID to a switch port or otherwise to get people onto the network in a way that that gets them onto that v- auto VPN back to the headquarters and be able to to establish that communication. I,
0: I auto VPN was like my favorite thing. When I when I first joined Meraki and uh, because i don't know have either of you configured or set up site to site v p n s the traditional way yeah. elsewhere <laughs> um and and you know what's so funny is that every single time you say that to anybody who's worked in i t they always respond the same way they either burst out <laughs> laughing or burst into tears It's so usually <laughs> one of the two um it's pretty pretty painful experience yeah. uh why why do you think that is tofu why why is it so hard for for so many people to to get their heads around? Or or the technologies really to help them get their sites connected?
2: It's just a lot of steps that need to, to be put in place as well as you know some maybe incompatibility between two 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 sites. Maybe you have a site that is running on some older you know hardware and you don't really have the funds to upgrade it, but you're trying to expand out mm-hmm. to a to a a new site and you're trying to you're struggling with what how how can I make these two these different technologies um, um connect with each other. And um, not only does it require you to make some accommodations for what the technologies support, but then you have to go into them and configure them. Sometimes manually, sometimes with a console cable. Somebody on right. site has yep. to go there, plug in, get their laptop out, connect up, and start transferring uh, certificates between these two uh, uh, sites. Because you know, and if you're if you're using your own certificates for encrypting your your connection, you're going to have to. Pass them back and forth between the trusted devices, and if those are remote, well, you're going to have to bring them somehow. Whether it's you know right. emailing them to yourself, yeah. do you want to send your you know private keys around in any way, or, yeah. or, or 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 do you want to bring them on a public on on a on a USB drive on the airplane with you, or do you send these devices to a central location, configure them, and then send them out uh, to the remote locations that they're going to be serving? Uh, all that. Can sometimes be just a logistical nightmare, and it's a lot of variables and it's it's I've had deployments where i t teams have sat in a room with stacks of switches, stacks of routers, and have gone through one by one labeling every single one where they're supposed to go, how they're supposed to be configured, and they have all of them go one by one to the table, get plugged in, get configured, sent to the big you know pile to be deployed, and then there's the logistics of sending them out to the remote locations, connecting them up properly, making sure they all boot properly, then connect them all together and do remote locations. You end up with teams of people worldwide who are have to work now in tandem with each other to get these sites connected.
0: And when I'm- I i 'm loving uh, and, and dear audience you you can 't see Topher as he 's answering this, but he 's getting increasingly animated as he describes this reality that he has been through elsewhere and um, and i'm sure many of you can relate to that as well, but i mean that's that's that 's really what we 're trying to get past right this is, is uh, some of that pain that we have we have experienced in the past and um uh, yeah i was I was pretty amazed when i when I first came to Meraki and I saw. The, the VPN setup. I mean, it's what is it? Three clicks of the mouse, something like that, to um, to to connect sites together because of the cloud management, right?
2: Yeah, you create a network, you add your security device <laughs> to the network, and it, once that security device gets a connection to the internet, uh, you know, the, sometimes you, your ISP might have some weird little requirement that you have to go in and and and, and set up somehow. But beyond that, it connects up, it discovers itself through our dashboard, and you see it come online.
0: Hmm. Compares favorably. <laughs> I, can, I not... can do
2: the same thing with two people that I took me at least 10 people to do
0: otherwise. Right. So that means they can get on and do other things. And it's the tickets thing as well was amazing to me. We were, Just before we started pressed record here, um, we, we were checking over some of the stats. Irene, what tell us um, – you know, what, what, how busy is this team how much work do you guys do
1: we do a lot of work <laughs> we support a lot of employees and um globally every week i think we're looking at maybe 400 tickets a week that we get in for oh. it and facilities requests you know password reset problems desk problems computer problems all that so you know 1600 tickets a month that we're all solving um constantly and mm um and if if we really look at it only half our team is really in the ticket queue i would say just answering these tickets and we run we run a very lean team i would say so
0: and then it gets farmed out to the respective groups right depending on what type yeah. of thing it is yeah yeah
1: so kind of like how Topher mentioned we have kind of one input for all our requests for it and facilities you just have kind of our help me mailer or portal that people can submit a request in and essentially the idea is to just really simplify that experience for the employees and just say hey if you need any help with anything um related to the office or your work or anything just um send in a ticket and then we handle the 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 routing and the filtering on our end to to see which side of our team is is meant to handle that kind of request so you're not sending in random tickets here and there and getting a bounce back saying this isn't the right mailer um you just have one one way to submit a support ticket and then we help you figure out who the right person is
0: it's a, it's a pretty refreshing approach i mean it's it's that is the simple concept right there isn't it i mean we we talk at the all the time about simplification and you know we have a campaign running right now called um work simple you can see that on our website uh with our our famous our famous dave the it guy uh in in the starring role there and um but uh, but the the simplification of the approach like i don't have to as an em- as an employee figure out who i need to message to get anything done related to my working experience when i walk in the door here i experience so many aspects of the building the security getting into the doors uh right through to the the ergonomics at my at my desk we have lots of standing desks here right to um to to help people out uh, and then, of course, all the IT stuff. Um, one of the things that I really like here is the that we have above and beyond the ticketing system, there's also ways we can directly interface. I come in the morning and my laptop refuses to even start up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I do then?
1: Yeah, so we have um, we have our help desk here, and we have this in all our branch offices where we have IT staff uh, located, and so it's just this desk right by our pod where employees can walk up and come get help um, during our work hours um, immediately. And so we have help desk personnel that's seated there, and um, if your laptop isn't working, you know, bring that up. We have like a Chromebook loaner program too that can get you set up just immediately while we're helping troubleshoot your your problems as well. So, um, so yeah, we're just, we're very tangible. We're, we're here for employees. Like I said, we really operate um, with the customer service model. And so um, just enabling our employees is the most important part of our jobs.
0: Mm-hmm. And it even extends as far as some self-help as well, right? There's, there's this machine <laughs> outside. Tell us about that machine. Yeah,
1: so if anyone's been to our SF office, we have vending, we have two vending machines in our San Francisco office, and we have one in Chicago actually. Um, And these aren't snack vending machines. They're actually IT peripheral or IT accessory vending machines. And so they have just basic uh, keyboard, mice, chargers, adapters. Um, We have a cable station, just kind of next next to it and um, essentially just making it really easy for employees to get what they need so if your mouse died or it's broken instead of submitting a ticket and just waiting a couple days to get one and also instead of waiting at the help desk you can actually go to the vending machine scan your badge um, get what you need and um, and you're good to go so um, just reducing kind of that wait time and that need to wait for someone to to get back to you and help you um, is, yeah, it's kind of a self-help model there as well. And we have two in SF, so you're never – too far away from one.
0: You're reminding me, actually, of uh, the, that hashtag dongle life. It's, a, it's like <laughs> this is the reality we live in now because we've got these skinny laptops with uh, with like one port on them, and yeah. and so yeah, it's a thing. I'm it's sure thing. that uh, many out there will be able to relate to that as Definitely. well. Actually, one of the aspects I really like about that um, that area where you could go and grab what you need. Um is is that there's also a slight a bit of a recycling element goes on as well there's there's definitely kit up there that's not brand new right
1: Yeah so we definitely you know with employees leaving or just um sometimes if we have have a chance if something's broken and we're able to fix it we do have a shelf that has used equipment as well and you know you don't need to scan your badge for it at all I think it just makes people a little more aware of you know the cost of items as well and so if you really we see a lot of people who have you know lab equipment that they need a mice or a keyboard for and they don't necessarily need a new um a new item, they can just go and grab a used item as well. So recycling here at Meraki too. <laughs> there we go. There we
0: go. All right. So let's um let's get back into the technology side of things. Um uh, we're obviously part of Cisco. We have been for a long time now. Um, that, that means that there's presumably a lot of projects that we get involved in as far as uh, you know, unifying the experience as far as possible. Maybe walk us through an example of, uh, of, a, of, a, of a project that's been particularly interesting to, uh, to share with our listeners.
2: Uh, let's see, like a project um, that involves directly with, with Cisco
0: yeah so like you know bringing in the bringing in the technology that they uh use the standardization around uh, maybe the systems that we're using the software we're using that kind of thing.
2: Well we we have a lot of Cisco we have, we have a lot of access to Cisco technology being under under Cisco. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the aspects that we are sort of benefit that we benefit from is having access to a lot of their um you know like their hosting mechanisms there's like servers and whatnot that yep. and their, their infrastructure that we can Im- install in our data centers and build out our our footprint or we don't really have a data center that that we as the it team necessarily like curate per se but we have presence in data
0: centers because it's all gone cloud right a lot of it has
2: gone cloud and yeah. and and that's something that we um, are able to you know benefit from as well as a lot of cisco 's cloud services Cisco has um, you know authentication services mm-hmm. it has um, security services and we embed those as much as possible into the uh, experience here so it 's all behind the scenes it 's all stuff that uh, users won 't necessarily interface with mm-hmm. um, but it 's happening we 're scanning doing deep packet inspection we 're trying to make sure that um What's going through our network? What's coming in from the outside is 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 blocked if it's malicious, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know properly flagged, properly tested, and that we add to the ongoing larger kind of sort of security construct that it revolves around uh, um, a lot of Meraki and Cisco gear. Uh, one of the things that we do with with in tandem with Cisco is we build out um, detection of of malware. Where if something is detected on our MX units, that's submitted to Cisco, and uh, and flagged and tested and un- it goes undergoes a battery of of determinations as to whether or not it's something that is a true threat. Yeah, and if so, if it's found on one network, maybe ours here at, at headquarters, then that's federated out to every single MX unit that we've sold to any um, any company, any individual. Right. And so yeah. if now you are hit with that same MX, if same same. Um, um, malicious packet, your MX will now detect it within hours of it having been detected here at headquarters. That's or in reverse, if it hits your network and then we get to see, we see it hit ours mm-hmm. because it was hit in a different network, detected and processed. Now other networks like ours So are it's, it's,
0: it's like a collective brain that we're feeding from all of these different deployments, uh, customer deployments, our own deployments. And uh, Every, I think this is a very cool model because it means that we're literally just net ad- adding more and more security awareness as time goes by, wherever it's fed from, and then shared out to every single uh, Meraki security appliance user, the MX box as it's known here. Um, that that's amazing tech.
2: Yeah, that's and it's it's something that makes deep use of Cisco's. Uh, um, uh, security uh, infrastructure that they that they have for detecting this this process you wouldn 't think it 's happening, but behind the scenes we we have a massive you know farm of of of, of, of servers that are processing this data and turning right. it that Cisco has, and that we then just integrate with our our um, our environments this so is the
0: Talos group right yeah yeah they're the ones who they 're like a research group i think that uh, constantly looking for Threats out in there, and actually, one of the things that uh, that is pr- quite cool with this technology as well is that it works retrospectively. So, if if we determine in some way at a later date that there was a uh, you know an issue that affected a file that was transferred some time ago, we can actually retrospectively let people know that that was the case, so in case they want to check it out. Right, yeah. It's clever stuff. <laughs> All right. So um, for our listeners, um, there may be some, some folks uh, interested in this concept of bringing together IT and facilities. If you're starting out this journey all over again, what would you do differently? Like what what would be your advice for, for unifying these teams?
1: Oh, um, I I think, I I don't think you were here when we merged as a team, but I think a, a big thing is um, also focusing on how to kind of Simplify the communications internally, um, you know internal to the team and internal to our department Mm -hmm. um, as well as externally I think when we first merged we put a lot of emphasis on how do we make the employee experience simple and easy and how do we? Almost take that burden of you know filtering and routing everything um, on the on the back end And I think what's really important is to keep in mind like as we are Operating as a department is how do we kind of keep that communication? Well within our department as well Um, I think sometimes we run into a problem where they're doing a. um, We've had you know an office move happen, and um, Topher's team, the IT engineering team, didn't know that there was a bunch of people moving to one side of the floor, and they had to go and add APs. (laughs) You know, one morning they had to just go and add a bunch of APs, and so it's stuff like that where um, I think that you know if you put a lot of emphasis on that um, at the beginning, then you'll you'll really build yourself up for success. I think it's stuff that we learned along the way, but has really grown as a team. since and just um and really been able to do that but um but i think that's really important as well yeah
0: the communication It's a, it's just a thing isn't it, <laughs> it's, it's, it thing. <laughs> it's always there's always
2: that human problem that that right it's the right. communication that's always going to be that that aspect of it and like irene was saying when you have you come in on the morning and somebody's been hardcore planning something <laughs> and you have no idea that it's been in the works and you come in and everything's turned around what is going on now you have to do this discovery and try to figure out you know what my role is where where this whole process needs to happen, and you know that has happened I think in many teams I think many people could probably relate with that um, and and just knowing that you know that that is regardless of the technology that you throw at something, it comes down to basic communication mm-hmm. um, as you're kind of saving grace for for those situations is always yeah, a learning factor for I, us
1: I think we kind of like Topher was mentioning, I think there are different aspects of what we do. There's IT, there's facilities, there's, there's projects and tasks that we work on together. Um, I think it's realizing that the ones that we work on together, we do need to work together on, mm-hmm. and how do we best handle those? Because we did come together as a department for a reason, and so it's how do we facilitate that and, and, and make it
0: really great. <laughs> well, I think the I mean the, the, the proof... Of, is in the pudding, eating of the pudding, right? <laughs> Whatever that saying is. Um wait, do you say that in America? I always have to check <laughs> this stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I've heard that a pizza We actually. have all these idioms in England and uh and, and uh, they don't always work over here. Um Okay, so I uh, and, and I, I think my my sense is that that uh you guys are universally loved across the organization for for the, the customer service side of things. I think um uh, it's always a very quick quick response, and 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 I think that speed of response is probably down to how refined you've got it at this point, how how uh, how good a system you've got down. Yeah. Um, if and it's probably some people listening here who are thinking about you know what they're going to do for a career. Uh, maybe they're thinking about a career in IT or facilities or something like a digital workplace. Uh, what sort of advice would you give them? Like sell your role, sell this function.
1: Um, I always say that um, our I feel like our team um, and what I do and what Tover's team does really sits at the heart of a lot of, you know, what Meraki does and how to you know, if you if you have a great sense of customer service and you want to help employees and you really want to be in like a supportive position, I think this is a really great team and you have to have that kind of mindset is mm-hmm. like your goal and whatever you do is really um, you know to enable other employees and to enable the workspace and the workforce and everything and so um, I feel like if that's that's what you want, this is like the perfect team for that and right. you you have to have the kind of attitude going in as well
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that Irene kind of nails it on the head there with the sense of enablement right. that 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 idea is that you know you have people here who are dealing with technology. In one way or another or dealing with a, a environment, you know, their, their workplace mm-hmm. overall, um, and they're just trying to get their job done, whether it's a marketing person or a HR person or a legal um, role, and they're trying to send an email, they're trying to load a page or get to some portal, start up a meeting, whatever it might be. And if they try to do so and it lags, it chops, it doesn't connect, some, there's some issue there right. that interferes with their entire workflow. Sometimes their entire day can be thrown off because of a, of something that happened bad maybe early in the morning. And so if we can enable something, um, it, that's sort of the driving force I think a lot of us feel, whether you're on the help desk mm-hmm. and you're you're receiving somebody who's running up last minute, they're in the middle of some presentation and it's failing, you have to run off the help desk, go down and help them out, get that presentation back up and running. Or
0: they're trying to make a printer work at the <laughs> one <laughs> moment when they actually need it to work.
2: Yeah, well, from their perspective, you realize that they're trying to get it to work. It was working yesterday. It's yep. not working today. What happens? And sometimes the printer was moved because the janitor came in and decided they needed to sweep behind it. For, for some reason, mm-hmm. nobody knows until they try to print, and that's when the the time starts at the back end there's also the 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 enablement factor if you've built a service if you're a coder, you know a lot of us here we we build custom code. Uh, to serve our team, to serve other teams, to connect various services together, Mm -hmm. and just to make things work on the back end. And when you see somebody walk by a project that you've built or something that is affected by a project you've built, and you see them directly sort of like crack a smile or something and then be able to do something more with their day, whether it's finding a conference room or whether it's, uh, you know, interfacing with somebody in a way that, that just goes through some service that, that you worked on um, that sort of enablement feeling is something that's, that's a core satisfaction that I think all of our team shares one way or another whether you're coding whether you're on help desk whether you're building out our, 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 our food program mm-hmm. or yep.
1: I think some of our best like solutions and ideas really come from people you know and we can find anybody that has an interest in IT and interest in technology and I think you know you, do well on the team but i think what really differentiates somebody who has an interest from somebody who really wants to think of creative solutions like the vending machine didn't come out of nowhere that came from somebody on our team who right. was passionate about you know really helping our employees out and so things like that is really um i think what really differentiates and um you know IT and facilities weren't merged because somebody told us to it was something where we really Notice like, hey, we can work well together and we can really make a huge difference to our, to our company by working together and, um, and collaborating together. So um, I think a lot of that really comes from just somebody having the passion for that, that aspect. <laughs>
0: I can tell you, folks, um, just how much passion there is here. Um, Topher is wearing a T-shirt, and on that T-shirt, it says, <laughs> looking for trouble. <laughs> I don't know how much more service-oriented you could get than that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's sort of a – a exact, that's the type of thing that we're basically doing all the time. I spend my days monitoring things. You know. Something <laughs> turns red, it turns orange, I'm on it. I'm trying to figure out why, how to fix it, how to prevent it from happening again, and – that's at least my proactive way of of preventing that problem that might affect the team, you know, affect their experience during the day. Yeah. And so that that's something that's sort of the deeper aspect. You know, you think, oh, I'm just building a server. Okay, I'm starting up some service and hurrah, there it's done. But there's actually a lot larger holistic aspect. To it now that it's up, how are you going to keep it up? How are you mm-hmm. going to keep there's a there's sort of a buzzword high availability. Keep this mm-hmm. thing up regardless of what happens on the back on the back end of it. So that involves numerous technological approaches, um, each one which requires sort of a passionate view to get up and running. Whether it's monitoring it or optimizing it in a very in very specific ways, and that's at least from my end how how you know how I how sort of employ that. Um, kind of involvement, but everybody's doing s- uh, similarly from the, from their from their aspects of, mm-hmm. of, of of our team towards the the larger um, uh, groups here.
0: Uh, yeah, and like you said, uh, it's so cool that you get to see the reactions in person. I'm sure there's a lot of IT teams out there where they feel probably a little isolated from the the actual users themselves. But one of the great benefits we have here, and uh, I think we definitely would fly the flag for this kind of office layout, is that interaction that closeness that we have working together regardless of what departments are in to um, to basically maximize our our uh, I guess our effectiveness mm-hmm. as a group. Super cool. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up now. Thank you both so much for taking time out. Um, I think it's been a fun chat and uh, probably some really interesting points for people to think about because I'm pretty sure that out there, there are plenty of um, IT teams and facilities teams working completely separately. And from what I remember, uh, when I was close to that sharp end, uh even within IT you get different factions, uh people off doing security and other people off doing the uh the Wi-Fi and so on and so on. So it's very interesting to see what can happen if you bring things together and think about it more holistically. Well, thanks again to all of you for joining us on Meraki Unboxed. As I said, we do this approximately every two weeks. You should get another episode up in about two weeks from now. And I want to know what you want to put in that episode and what we should be uh, focusing on as we move ahead with this podcast. Remember, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Meraki Simon. Uh, So please send me a message on there. Let me know how you like the podcast and any tips or suggestions or questions you have for how we can uh, move it forwards. And so without further ado, from uh, Irene, Topher and myself, thanks all. And we'll see you again soon. Bye for now.